Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey, y'all, Jamie here, and I have a podcast today that's important to me in so many reasons. The the first reason it's important to me is because uh, this new podcast that I'm sharing with you is actually our newest member of Ivy Media Podcast. Now, we have been playing a lot of previews of shows over the last couple months, and it's honestly because we want to introduce you to shows that we believe that are going to matter to you and that you're going to enjoy. They're all a part of Ivy Media Podcast, and so we support each other, we encourage each other, we help each other with our shows. And today's show is a little special because Chelsea and Leighton Boovey joined our podcast collective because they took our course. So we have a course that we created here at Ivy Media called I Am a Podcaster. And our our dream really is to help people chase their dream of podcasting. They went through our very first um, inaugural course and we had told everybody in that group, hey, we're going to pick somebody at the end who works their way through the modules, who does the course and creates a podcast. We're going to invite them to join our collective. And after a lot of hard decisions, because there were some amazing podcasts created, uh, we invited Chelsea and Leighton Boovey to join our podcast collective. Their new podcast is called Liberator, and it's a discussion of pornography's hard truths through the lens of stories, science, and scripture. It's hosted by Chelsea and Leighton. They're married for about six years almost, and their goal really is to bring insights, experiences, and personalities to create a community for listeners. So today on the show, I have a conversation with them about what drew them to this conversation, what drew them to this subject, what caused them to go so far with this that they wanted to create content for you and I to listen to. And then we all talk about why this is important. And I want to tell you up front, I say this in the show, and I want to say it here. So as you're listening, before you jump in, if you think this conversation doesn't matter to you, I want to kindly say that it does. We live in a world today that it is very, very hard to find someone who has not been harmed by the effects of pornography. And so I just want to encourage you uh, as you're listening to not think this is for someone else, but to really see how does this conversation relate to me. We're going to play a clip from the show, but my highest uh, request from you is, would you find their podcast and would you subscribe to it and would you listen? First of all, more subscribes, more shares. It helps more people find their show. And we believe in this content. Second, let's just give them a boost, a brand new show out in the world. Let's help them out and let them know that the Happy Hour listeners care about this and we want more content from them. When we get to the end of the show, if you're interested in more content that I've personally had on the happy hour around this subject, I'm going to tell you a couple of shows that you should listen to. We also, as always, put everything in the show notes. So if you go to jamieivy.com, there's a button there that said podcast. You can find this show and you can look at the show notes. All right. Chelsea and Layton say that their podcast was created to remove the barriers of shame and embarrassment that stifle conversations and community around the effects of pornography. So let's hear from them. Here's my conversation with Chelsea and Layton Boovey. Chelsea and Leighton Booby, welcome to the happy hour. Thanks so much for having us. We're so excited. It's so good to be here. Thank you, Jamie. Well, this is really fun because this year you guys are going to be, so we have debuted uh, Ministry Strong. We have debuted Chatology. We have debuted Love and Relationships. And now we are debuting another podcast that is on the Ivy Media Podcast Collective. And 
like I told you guys already, this is a really exciting story of how you guys got here uh, because uh, Chelsea and Layton went through our course and now here they are. And so I want first for you guys to introduce yourself outside of the podcast world. So tell everyone who you are and what you do. So we've been married a little over five years and we live in northern Michigan. We both grew up around here. We didn't know each other. And we both moved away, went to school, traveled a little bit, spent some time overseas. And then we ended up both moving back here. And we met each other about six and a half years ago and uh, got married about a year after that. And we love it here. We're excited about the podcast. Well, what do you, Leighton, what do you do in your, oh, in your real life? Uh, so I work in the energy sector and I grew up working on a farm raising cattle. And yeah, and so we we love working. Uh, we get to serve in the missions department of our church, and so we're both very passionate about that. Um, something else about us just that we are extremely passionate about local and global missions, and we've just been so fortunate to kind of act as a representative on behalf of our mission committee here in Northern Michigan. And so we've actually had plenty of opportunities to go and meet a lot of our global mission partners. And it's just, it's been personally, it's really um, elevated our relationship with God, but to be able to encourage and connect with people that are um, every day on the mission field. And it's, it's so different than living in the U.S. And Mm -hmm. we're just really grateful that um, we kind of have that perspective and we, we absolutely kind of adopt and let that affect our day every day. That is really, really amazing. Um, I'll tell you guys and the world and the, all the listeners that in April we have a series on the happy hour that is going to be four episodes. It's all about unreached people groups. And so you guys are going to love it, I know. And um, I'm super excited that. about it. Uh, people tell me that you live in Michigan for the summers. Is that true? You know, you're living the high life in the summer. It it really is a touristy town. It's fantastic. Um, we're a little entitled with our freshwater coast here, um, but the summers are great. But honestly, the winters are really fun too. I think that you really have to get out, have a really good jacket, get a pair of snowshoes. And I mean, it's kind of like living up in Narnia up here in the winter. So it's beautiful all seasons. Aww. That was I a, love it. a really great sales pitch. <laughs> that I did not was. mention that. Yeah. I mean, we don't it see the sun. We don't see the sun for about two months. But other than that, it's great. Oh, my gosh. I was in D.C. recently and I texted a girlfriend that lives here and I'm like, it's pitch black at five o'clock. Like, how how do you leave? How do you live here? She's like, well, they don't call it seasonal depression for for no reason, you know. And I was like, <laughs> wow, this is rough, um, but yeah. beautiful, beautiful. Anyways, okay, I want to dive into your podcast. So you have a podcast, The Liberator, and I, I want to hear. I want to go back a little bit and hear from both of you. One of you, why this podcast? Why this conversation? Why this topic? And so. Why did you why did you pick to dive into this subject? Yeah, you know, we didn't pick it. God picked it for us. And we wrestled with it for a long time, me more so than Leighton. Um, probably about four years ago, I heard God's voice just very clearly, the call to um, basically talk about the harmful effects of pornography and specifically within the church, but also just as a culture at large. And I was really taken aback by a lot of the stats that faced our world. Um, It was pretty alarming at the volume and the amount of um, 
just on the higher side of how pornography is affecting our world and um, our leaders in the church and marriages and children. And it just seems to be a topic that is just saturated everywhere you go. I just felt like we couldn't really escape maybe a topic, an industry, or an area of our world that wasn't affected by it. And it took me a while to obey. I'm going to be really honest. Mm -hmm. Um, Fear probably got in the way. for, for many reasons, I won't bore you with the whole list, but it wasn't until last year that I finally said yes with my heart and submitted to the Lord. And um, I had a huge heart for women. I think they're just, as I, as I did research and as I looked into this, I just felt like there weren't enough resources for women. And through my own experience, along with just friends and peers of, you know, whenever this conversation came up, I just didn't feel like we were pouring into and creating maybe a different narrative. And there's just so much shame and there's so much uh, stigma attached to this subject. It's just kind of hard to talk about. And we wanted to create a different narrative for people. Yeah. And I think something that you touched on is I know there are resources. And one of our goals is to bring resources to people but I think for people both who are struggling with pornography as well as people who are hurt by pornography, it can be really intimidating and they don't know where to look or they might be scared to look. And as Chelsea said, there's a lot of shame that has become attached to it in the Christian world. And so we want to give a place and create a community for people where they can consume it anonymously if they need to and they can receive hopefully hope and encouragement and resources that will point them not only towards a path forward, but also towards Jesus. Mm. We've had conversations on the happy hour before about um, pornography and the, not only just the dangers of it, but also the effects that it grabs on us. Like you talked about with shame. And I think that we live in a culture where porn is so prevalent. I mean, I always say that like when I was growing up in, in the nineties, you had to go find pornography. I mean, you know, you had to go find a magazine. You had to go, I mean, you had to go someplace. Um, And the scary thing about porn now is it's like it comes for you, you know? And as a mom, it is is scary to think about with, with our kids, but it's not just like with our kids. Like it comes, it, it's coming for me. I mean, you know, like it is, it is coming around every corner. And so I want to say that when we were looking at the podcast who we were potentially going to invite on our show, we had three finalists who were all amazing, every single one of them. Um, And the team unanimously voted for you guys. And I mean, we wouldn't have voted for you if you weren't creating good content. I mean, like quality work and stuff. But I think the real thing was like, when what a need that we see here that's being addressed. And so I, I want to ask you guys, as you walk into this next challenge and this next journey, um, what do you fear about stepping in? You mentioned, Chelsea, you had a lot of fears of not doing it. But here you are. You've stepped in. You've created a podcast. You are in. There's no more like, I'm not afraid to start. You've started. But now I often think sometimes when I have hard conversations, there is some fear attached to that. Like, man, am I going to be misunderstood? I don't want to put in your head what I fear. But like, what are your fears around um, stepping out into this conversation? 
Yeah, if I'm going to be really honest, I think the biggest fear um, was honestly exposing our story. And I'm very protective, especially over people I love. And this man right here is the person I love the most in the world. And I think that was really difficult because I, I immediately knew when we've had conversations that people are going to draw assumptions. And um, I just really didn't want this this kind of uh, idea and label to be put on Leighton. But I think... So that is kind of me being extremely vulnerable. <laughs> but I think backing up, honestly, it was just a fear of, is God going to provide? Um, did mm-hmm. I hear God right? Um, are people going to want to listen? Are people, do people even care about this? Mm-hmm. And I think that that is, you know, that was something back then that God really put um, his hand over. And I really had to memorize scripture and just really deny that and take that off. But going forward, yeah, I would say, um, what are people going to say about us? What are people going to think about our story? What are people going to think about our marriage? Um, yeah. Do you have any, do you have any? (laughs) I'm sure I would assume that you also deal with this, Jamie, that for me, it was this feeling of the loss of our narrative. As soon as you put something out there, people are free to think whatever they want, want about you. And up until this point, if if you don't like me or if I've offended you, I've probably done something in person to you to make you feel that way. And now you just, you put this out there into the world for anyone to consume. It could be one person or a billion people. And there's still that fear as a human being that people are going to think something about me that is unfair. And that's scary. But as Chelsea was alluding to, ultimately, if we care so much about this and if we want freedom for people and hope for people, then what does it say about us if we're not willing to take that step and do it ourselves? Mm. Well, I want to give you guys a little bit of encouragement based on both of those things. Um, And I'm coming from two places. The first place is someone who's been pretty vulnerable online and in books and podcasts about struggles. Um, and then a place where I'm a podcaster. So I'll I'll start with the I'll start with the podcaster. That feels easier. My husband always tells me if you're not making somebody mad, you're not really saying anything. And so um, I, I like really hate like confrontation. And I hate making people mad. And so that's a really hard place for me. And I don't mean mad, but you know what I mean. And so I want to encourage you that when you are tethered to God's word and you are bringing hope to some hopelessness and you are bringing um, information, even scientific research, you know, combining that with the gospel, um, you might ruffle some feathers, but also on the flip side of that, the amount of hope that you're going to bring, the amount of understanding. Um, When I released my very first book, If You Only Knew, I had like a chapter where I briefly mentioned pornography uh, for me as a woman, I'm telling you every interview I did, that's all they want to talk about. And I was like, you guys, we got, really? we got 49,000 other words in this book. Can we talk about something else? Cause I was like, really? Yeah. But the amount of messages I got in secret from women who said, thank you, because no one's talking about this. Thank you. Yeah. And so I just want to encourage you with that as well as putting your story out there is super vulnerable and it can feel super scary 
But at the end of the day, when you come to the realization that it's a level playing field, there, there is not a, a, a sin tier that you are, have now been elevated to that nobody else is to. It's really encouraging. Um, so that from a vulnerability standpoint is I just want to encourage you. Um, and also to be proactive with that. that. Chelsea, everything you said, like to be proactive. And I love that you said memorizing scripture to say like, I'm going to fight this before it even shows up, you know? And so as you jump into this, people do love like personal stories. You already said this is like a, a fear of how do we do that. So your podcast is not just full of personal stories. Tell us what your what your desire is to do with this podcast. I think for me approaching it from a man, I have a very pers- uh, specific perspective. And Chelsea has a very specific perspective. And what we found in our own lives is that some of our best healing for both of us came when we understood each other better. And so we want to create a space. That's why I think Chelsea pushed so hard for me to join her on this was that she knew how important it was Mm -hmm. for both of us to be here, both from a male brain and a female brain, but also because we both experienced the consumption of pornography from a different side. So our goal is for people to feel like they have hope, like it's safe. We would love to create a community that people feel like they belong And ultimately, we want to equip people. We want there to be stories, like you said, but we also want to have scripture. We want to have the spiritual side of things represented, and we want to get into the science. We want to talk about the brain and the body and how pornography affects both. And I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions is that it's a victimless crime, the consumption is. And I think a lot of us don't realize how much it truly is affecting us on a very deep level. So we want to be able to speak to people who are hurting as well as equip them and people who are using pornography with the tools they need to move forward. You know, this has just been in darkness for so long. And it's very, um, it's always been just kind of this the secret that you do individually. And I mm-hmm. think earlier, Jamie, when you said it's kind of, it's showing up on ads when kids play games. It's, uh, we receive text messages. We've talked about that a little bit in one of the episodes. Um, I mean, it's just, it's constantly like there is a knock at your door mm-hmm. and it's, it's unfortunate that we have to be this proactive and that we have to put up guardrails to prevent it. But we also have to have a plan for when it does come knocking, because sometimes we can't expect um, who's on the other side. Like we're just going to, we're going to open the door because we hear that knock. Um, And so I think giving people an opportunity to feel like they are not alone Mm -hmm. is the greatest desire for me. I have girlfriends that I've talked to about this that have gone all the way to feeling like there is They've even had thoughts of suicide because they mm. can't fathom feeling like this is going to be there forever. And that kills me. That kills me as a woman. That kills me as a believer um, in Jesus Christ and his redemptive power. And I just, I don't want that to be the only lane that pornography is talked about anymore. I mean, there is freedom. We've experienced freedom. We've seen countless and had countless conversations of people that have freedom. And that doesn't mean that it's gone away, but that means that they have the tools and they have the understanding of, okay, now I know how to fight back. Maybe I'll put a lock on that door next time, or maybe I know that type of knock that's at the door. 
So good. So good. Okay. I want to play a clip from your um, podcast so everyone can hear it. And then we'll talk about how they can find it. And and this clip actually is you guys talking about the brain's transformation from addiction and consumption of pornography to healthier brain patterns. So you guys listen into this clip. There was a time where you started believing in hope. Do you remember what that felt like? Where Where you felt like you said at the end that your body and your mind were working together. But yeah. was there a time where you felt like they weren't working together? Absolutely. And I, that's something that we're really excited to get into is the the brain science and the chemical science behind all of this, because we're obviously Christians and we're driven by our faith in Jesus, but we want this to be understandable and helpful for people who might not care so much about Christianity or um, who might not have trust or faith in the church right now, but yeah. who also want to learn more and um, have these conversations about pornography. So Absolutely. the science of it is going to be something we're going to get into a lot. But just to keep it general before we dive into those episodes, I think that if a habitual sin or a bad habit, if you want to take um, religion out of it, is embedded in your life, you have those synapses in your brain that are wired together that fire in a very specific way. Mm-hmm. And it takes a lot of work to break that. And people who have started a diet can tell you, I mean, yeah. all about that. I'll raise my hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so it's basically, if you try to imagine, I mean, think of a diet, but something that's an addiction yeah. and is far more powerfully linked in your brain than the consumption of food. And when you think about it that way and think about trying to break those habits, and like you said, um, putting up guardrails is kind of how I think about it and making sure that you're make, you're giving yourself as much of a chance as possible mm. to not fall into consuming pornography. Yeah. And you got to, you have to, you have to imagine yourself at your weakest and your worst when you're mm. at your best. You have to give yourself a hand and help yourself for those low moments. Um, there's a really awesome podcast series by a guy named Nate Larkin that we're going to link on our website. Um, he talks about 12 steps. And one of the things that he talks about of for coming out of addiction is taking a fearless and ruthless self-inventory. Mm. And I think a lot of people want to rationalize what this is and what it is they're doing. What, the, what it is they're doing. And he talks about Going with whether whether it's a pen or a paper or on your phone, something, but basically going through your life and ruthlessly and fearlessly listing out these are my weak points. Mm -hmm. These are the activities that make me prone to slip into pornography or sexual sin. This Mm -hmm. is the places I go. These are the things that I watch. These are the activities I'm doing. And in, when you do that, you're able to actually help limit those actions. And for some people, it might be something as innocuous as I sit down and watch YouTube videos for two hours straight. Yeah. And the science behind that is that you're disengaging your prefrontal cortex and you're yeah. engaging your amygdala, which is going to make you more prone to making emotional decisions that fulfill desires mm-hmm. instead of recognizing the rational outcomes from those things. Yeah. And so it can be big things like I'm not going to go to the beach and when it's an 80 degree day and there's going to be a thousand women there. And my friends are going and they asked me to come. Yeah. Yeah. And those can be really hard decisions to make. But honestly, if you want to, if you truly want to break free of this, if you weigh the cost and realize I don't want to, I don't want that to be 
in my life, I don't want this to have a grip on me. I don't want this to be something that is defining my direction in life. You have to make sacrifices. If you approach this with a, a halfway and half effort, you're, it's not going to be effective. Yeah. And so to circle back to what you were saying, it was just after putting in steps like that, and putting in time and continually making decisions. And we aim for perfection, but we're not perfect beings. So you have to be willing to embrace that those things with grace and also with an understanding of what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And just that feeling after weeks of that yeah. or months of that or even years of that of those first few times when normally you would slip into viewing pornography. Mm -hmm. Something happens, something knocks you off course, you have a bad day at work, Mm -hmm. your spouse rejects you, Mm -hmm. you're stressed and tired, whatever it might be. And in the past, you would have gone to pornography. That would have been your comfort. And this time, you make a decision to do something different. And it's almost instinctual to do something different this time because you've put in the work. Wow, yeah. And that is a moment that people will experience. And it's a very powerful moment because it is a ragged and difficult path, but it does have fruit at the end. And it does have freedom through discipline. That is such a wonderful place to be for your marriage, for who you are as a person, for how you interact with other people. It is truly worth the work. Dang. Well said. I feel like uh, that to me reminds me of I've done a few races in my life and getting up at 6 a.m. on a Saturday. We live in northern Michigan, okay? So Hmm. sometimes at 6 a.m. on a Saturday, it can be negative 10 degrees, okay? It's cold. And getting up in February during that time and running and running with a group or running by yourself and consistently doing the work, doing the work, doing the work, weeks and weeks and weeks of training. But then finally, there's a day where it's race day and you can count on yourself and you can kind of get into this zone because you're so focused. And I tell people all the time, 90% of it is mental. So much of it is mental. Your body can do it. Your body was trained to do it because you put in the work and A lot of times when you are feeling weak, when you are feeling like, I can't do it, I don't want to continue, you have proved to yourself that Mm -hmm. if I keep going and I keep going one step at a time, one step at a time, I can do it and I am just standing in my own way. Yeah, that's Um, a really good analogy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we talked a lot about this side of consumption of pornography and, and coming out of that and the time that you put in. Can you talk a little bit about the hurt of pornography and maybe speak to people who have a spouse or a friend or a child or a loved one who is hurting them through their use of pornography? Uh, yeah, I think first of all, feeling what you're feeling is okay. I think that's really important. Um, that you're justified in that. You're justified in feeling hurt. You're justified in feeling betrayed and feeling that is okay and those are those are real feelings mm-hmm. do not dismiss them away don't let somebody else tell you that it's okay it's just how it is whatever um i think sitting in that for a second mm-hmm. i've heard a lot of stories and a lot of women actually talk about uh that they would brush it off parents say uh maybe that this was just a normal part of growing up mm-hmm. um and so I just, I really want to lay that foundation that um, those feelings are real. 
Um, and I also think that in a way, understanding, like I said earlier at the very beginning, this is a brain problem and it's not a moral problem. Um, thinking about it from that mindset. And I'm not saying that that is everyone. Everyone is not like you, Leigh. Everybody is not like you that wants to take this seriously. But I do think that we have an enemy and we have a society and culture that aren't playing games. It's not anymore where you've got to go into a store or you've got to sign up for a subscription where it come, where, you know, where you have to go and seek and find it. Mm-hmm. It's now to a point where even your phone, even honestly on my phone, where we we're not subscribed to any of that stuff. We you don't I mean you have a lot of blockers. I have a lot of blockers. There's and we're getting text messages. Mm-hmm. Random text messages of spam of hey click on this link or hey um a nude picture or something's being sent to us. So, you know, and even with um, kids playing, I've had conversations with parents of kids just playing games on mm-hmm. their iPad and then all of a sudden a, an ad pops up. So we're we are not dealing with something that it's a choice anymore to go and find it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's coming for you. And I think that having a a lens of almost compassion when you brought up earlier about an invitation and someone continuously knocking on your door. Mm -hmm. I've done diets. Like I've, (laughs) I've gone through those fad diets and I can tell you that going to a party and dessert overload or mash, I mean, you name it, carbs up the wazoo, it's hard. It's it's a temptation. There are times where, yeah, I did have a bad day at work or I'm having an emotionally, um, I want to have an emotional, just like I just want to veg out on the couch with you and just order a pizza or have your comforts. And so viewing that from a lens of this topic, and I know it's hard because it does feel like it's a choice, but having those, that kind of an even scale of, okay, I can put myself in their shoes in a different lens, in a different viewpoint, such as, let's say, a diet, and it's hard. And I Mm -hmm. think looking at anyone that struggles with this, it really does help and almost put on, you put on a human suit, you put your spouse or your partner or child or whatever it is, and you see them as a human, you see them as a fallen person that is susceptible to it. And honestly, it makes me really sad, makes me really sad seeing how people are falling to this, leaders everywhere, even within the church. Um, and it makes me angry. It makes it really makes me angry that the enemy has the audacity and he has the nerve to go after our leaders, primarily our men in the church. Um, that just, oh, that fuels me and that makes me angry. Um because he is out to steal, kill, and destroy. And we as women, and I'm just speaking from the position of someone who is affected by it, but we're collateral damage. And it's just kind of like, he's going to go after the heart. He's going to go after the marriage, the nucleus. And even in parenting too, I mean, dang, it's he's not playing. And I just feel like equipping people and 
giving them opportunities to say, okay, this doesn't have to be my path, but I can choose this and talking about it and interviewing people and giving resources. I mean, that's, that's genuinely what our heartbeat is of creating this environment. Would it be fair to say that your approach then for maybe a woman or a spouse, it could be a man too, if it was a, a woman who was consuming pornography, but for that person who's been hurt, to approach it with a combination of grace and understanding for this person who is consuming pornography, but also with a sense of this is not going to be accepted in our relationship. Oh, yeah. This and is, yeah. And yeah. I think <laughs> I sit here and say, oh, have grace and understanding. But let's be honest. I mean, that is way easier said than done. Yeah. Like that, compl- <laughs> that completely takes away a human reaction. Like if Mm. I, that honestly saying that, yes, I believe that that is what we should do. Mm -hmm. But I also believe and live in the real world (laughs) that it's pretty impossible to react that way initially when you find out or, um, so that's why I kind of wanted to begin it with, you're entitled to those feelings. That's real. That's okay. And again, Mm -hmm. I am not an expert. I'm not a psychologist. I'm just a person that can see both sides and can see both angles. And I think that something to be careful of is even when we are hurt, usually we want to hurt people back. Mm -hmm. And I think as a woman, you are feeling such deep pain that I just want to warn and also encourage women you have the opportunity to also do a lot of damage. And from whomever's perspective, I'll just talk about a man that is feeling shame, that is feeling ugly, that is feeling just wrapped up in guilt and devastation of not only what they've done, but what they've done to you is painful. Mm -hmm. That's really painful. And so to continue to use language that just kicks them while they're down you're also not, I mean, you're just, you're not supposed to do that. You're not an, you're not justified to do that, even though you are hurt. Yeah, I think that's really good. And I would also like to add on that for those who have consumed pornography and hurt someone else that um, when that pain comes out, um, going back to Nate Larkin again, he talks about how your most important job in that moment is to let your spouse or significant other feel their emotion and pain and anger. And that doesn't mean that you are just, you're encouraging them to hit you or to treat you like garbage, but it also means that you are not stifling them because they are going through a significant amount of pain that you probably can't imagine. Mm. And so allowing that person to experience those emotions and trying to support them in that you have obviously a lot of repair work to do and trust is really hard to rebuild but if you're trying to cut off those emotions and trying to force healing it's not going to work Mm. you're basically going to be putting a band-aid over a gaping wound and that's not going to be effective it will come out in the future you have to allow that process to take time and good friend of mine said that the relationship can only heal as fast as the slowest person. Mm-hmm. So you might be ready to move on. You might be excited. And honestly, this is very common. You you start to 
experience success and you're doing all of these things, you have a job, you're wanting to break free of this addiction. And so you're getting after it and you're excited. Whereas your significant other is excited that you're doing this, but they're still so hurt and they yeah. still have so many things to process yeah. that you could unintentionally be hindering their ability to heal by yeah. trying to force them out of that healing process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think a lot of people sit in the waiting room almost in a way of this is where my mindset is. It's not a matter of, okay, if it'll ever happen again, it's a matter of when it'll ever happen again. And mm -hmm. so sitting in the waiting room almost prevents you from moving forward. Um, and I remember talking, having conversations with women where they would say, I just don't ever feel like I'm going to feel safe again. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I can go to a restaurant. I don't feel like I can go to a movie. Um, I just feel like constantly I, the my surroundings and my environment, I feel like I'm on edge all the time because I have no idea what's coming. I have no idea if an attractive woman is coming on that screen or if a sex scene comes on. I have no idea if... You know, we can't control our environment. We can't control who's around us, but a girl that's wearing a crop top or whatever walks by us. I can't control that. And mm -hmm. so it's scary. It's scary to feel like honestly, you can just breathe. Yeah. And that makes me really, that makes me heartbroken. Yeah. I think one of the most common fights that both of us hear about is in a couple that has gone through this and just what you've described happens. A woman walks by and then the men I talked to are like, I didn't even look at her. I glanced over, saw it was an attractive woman. And I looked away. I was being careful. And the spouse maybe even saw him glance over or maybe didn't see him look at all. Maybe he didn't look at all, but she sees the woman and she's there with her husband and she's hurt. And so maybe she'll make a comment of some kind because she's hurt or because she's looking for affirmation, but maybe it's not phrased correctly. And the husband who is feeling like I finally am doing this right and you don't trust me. Mm -hmm. And so there is a lashing out. And then that, I mean, that spirals so quickly because there's so many emotions attached to both sides. Yeah. So it's so important on both sides to be able to express how you're feeling, communicate openly and to forgive and not get defensive because it's really, really easy with so many emotions to yeah. feel like you're being attacked at your deepest, most core level as a person. Mm -hmm. And that just leads to disastrous fights that are not productive for that healing process. Yeah. So throughout this series, what is your goal that you hope men walk away with? Uh, both for men um, and also for maybe for women who have viewed pornography or, or for anyone who wants to stop or for parents. Uh, my goal, just because of who I am as a person, is that I love science. I love reason. I love those aspects of this. And so I think there's a lot of benefit in learning how all of this works. Mm -hmm. um, that was a big thing for me and for a lot of guys I know is to be able to understand yourself and the science uh, behind your brain and pornography and how they mix and how they affect your relationships. And I think yeah. that that, you know, to take it back to schoolhouse rock, knowledge <laughs> is power. And so there is a lot of freedom in understanding those things better. Um, and hopefully for women or for people who have been hurt by others' pornography usage, 
um, they can maybe hear that perspective mm-hmm. and can understand a little bit more um, their partner or their their significant other yeah. and why that's affected them. Yeah. So I'm really excited about some of the people that we have lined up, some of the interviews we're going to do. I think there's an incredible range of knowledge and wisdom um, that we're going to get to experience. So I'm just excited for the conversation because I love talking about deep things, which sometimes gets me in trouble because I'll bring up like (laughs) politics or religion in the wrong company, but I love those conversations. You do it in a gentle way. You're good at it. (laughs) You really are. Um, But I'm I'm excited for those conversations to happen. And I'm excited to be doing this with you. Yeah, I am too. I honestly couldn't have... Yeah, I knew I couldn't do it without you. I had, I really had to convince him for a long time, <laughs> a couple of years, actually. Yeah. So, in closing, mm-hmm. do you mind talking a little bit more about what your goal for this is and what you're excited about? When God said to me years ago, I am calling you to speak to this uh, or to speak to the masses on this topic— Um, I was a little concerned at how little it was talked about and how big of an issue Mm -hmm. and how common of an issue that it was. Um, So my goal is just just for people to finally feel like, oh my goodness, someone's finally talking about it. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and to continue to say no, continue to, to... say no to shame anymore. Continue to say, this is going to be my forever. I don't want that. You know, I, that is what I am passionate about. I want there to be a different narrative. I want there to be a different choice people can have and, and to see the light and to see a future and to see hope to where even within their own families, this ends now, this cycle stops now. And that is what I hope and desire for anyone mm-hmm. um, that is just entangled in this. It's, it's, I just feel like it's, it's enough. Yeah, absolutely. All right, you guys, thank you for that clip. And you guys also summarize in that clip, your goals for the podcast. And so I am really, really excited that you're part of our um, team over here. And so that's exciting. Uh, but I also am really excited uh, for this content to be out into the world as a woman who has been affected by pornography on every side of the spectrum. Um, I think that it is a conversation worth happening. And so I want you to know that you have cheerleaders consistently cheering for you here at Ivy Media. And we want everyone to find the show. Okay, so everyone, you're listening to our podcast right now. You love podcasts. You got your earbuds in. You're walking, you're doing dishes, you're trying to, to to get a baby to sleep at night while listening to us in your ears right now. So you're a podcast listener. So Chelsea and Layton, tell us, tell us everywhere that they can find you guys. Yeah. Um, so we're on Spotify. We are also on Apple. We are on Instagram. We have a website. Um, I'm sure that we'll provide kind of more options when, once we get our feet wet a little bit, but um, yeah, we're just, we're so grateful for you guys and you have really given us an opportunity, not for Chelsea and Leighton to be heard. You know, we don't, we really want to disappear in this, but I think it's exciting to know that this process is accelerated to where more people can know about this. More people can say, oh my goodness, they're talking about something that affects me or that's hurt me in my past. And we're just so grateful that God opened this door for us. Yeah. And the name of the podcast is Liberator. Ah, yeah. And the <laughs> website <important>. is liberatorpodcast.com. <laughs> I love it so much. And you guys, you got to just put in Liberator because if you put in The Liberator, I'm sure that show is great as well. Uh, but it's about 
maybe an abolitionist or something. I was looking at it up the other day. Um, so go find the podcast, Liber. I'm going to link it in the show notes. And today, if you follow me on Instagram, I will be tagging um, Chelsea and Layton and their podcast so that you can go find it. And here's what I want to say about this as well is I think that this and you this is I'll encourage you guys with this as well is there could be a tendency for someone to think like well this doesn't apply to me like this 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 I I don't know why I would need this show and so I'll let you guys what is your what is your answer to this doesn't apply to me I don't know why I need this show I think that if it doesn't apply thank god for that if it hasn't affected you yet um but I think that statistically it is incredibly likely that someone very close to you is affected by pornography. Well, I was going to say, Lane, whether- if you think it doesn't apply to you, you just don't know it yet. That's what I was going to say, <laughs> but you said it much kinder. Okay, that's way better. That's why you're the pro. <laughs> um, but yeah, everything from parents who want to be prepared for hard conversations with children um, to friends whose other friends might be either consuming it or their spouse might be consuming it and want to be able to talk with them about it. Or someone who's in a dating relationship. I mean, it just it touches so many people uh, on such a deep emotional level that it's, as you said, it's a conversation that's worth having and very necessary. And we want people to be equipped to have that conversation when necessary and to know how to love people best in those moments. I think it's so great. And I can speak from a mom point of view for sure is, you know, it's not. I've, I, I say this often, I've heard it before. It's not if your kid sings porn, it's when they do. And so how do we equip ourselves as well to even listen to your conversations, know how to handle it when it happens, not heap on shame. I had a, I had a friend just text me the other day and was like, I just found so much porn on my kid's device. And that is a, a scary place to be sitting. And so I'm grateful for you guys. Um, all right. I'd love to know, what are you guys reading these days? Jamie wants to know, Jamie wants to know, we want to know what you're reading. Oh man, we, you know what, I have to confess, I'm not a huge reader. Please don't hate me, I'm just not a huge reader, but I am all into the audiobooks. Um, Listen, I I I want to stop you right there, I want to stop you. (laughs) And, And I need everyone to know that if I ask you what you're reading, you don't have to tell me it's an audiobook, because you know what, you're reading it, okay, you're reading it with your ears. So take that take That's that stress right. off of you. That's right. Thank you. But I'm actually going through and finishing up uh, Francis Chan's book until Unity. And mm. dang, I feel like after every single chapter, I have to go on a retreat or something. It is deep. It is uh, convicting, <laughs> and um, it kind of really influences you to really take a deep look into how you feel about other people and really kind of paving the way of looking at your own arrogance. And um, yeah, I'm a big fan. I think every believer should read it. I really do. I read it a couple of years ago and he was on the show and I said then it was probably one of the best books I read that year. So, so good. What about you, Leighton? A friend and I are going through the Gulag Archipelago currently. Uh, which has been intense. It's a very difficult read, both because of the content and because it's like 1,800 pages unabridged. So I would make a suggestion to anyone reading that if you're going to read it, probably go with the abridged version unless you (laughs) really, really love the minutia of history and hundreds of pages of Soviet trial law. Yeah, I'm going to be out on that one. I'm going to be like, give me the summary on that one when you're done. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He said a more of a collegiate level of reading than I am, but (laughs) 
I love it. Well, you guys, I can't say enough how excited we are for your future uh, with your show, um, Liberator, and the way that it's really going to impact um, people's lives in ways that you you won't ever know. And when you start getting the emails and the messages, you're going to be like, this is exactly why we're supposed to be doing this. And so I'm proud of you. Um, and I'm grateful to have you guys on the happy hour today and even more grateful to have you with Ivy Media Podcast. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you so much, Jamie. You guys, thank you for helping me welcome Chelsea and Layton and their podcast, Liberator, to the Ivy Media Podcast Collective. We are, first of all, we're honored to have them and their conversation and their point of view over here at this uh, collective, and we're also excited for them. So I mentioned this in the intro, but I want to say it again. The best thing you could do right now, because you're listening in a podcast app, is to search Liberator, and it is with Chelsea and Layton Bovey. Uh, If you need the show notes, find the show notes where you're listening. We'll link to it there. Would you go subscribe? Would you share this content with someone that you know, that you love, that might be interested in this? I told you I was going to share some more episodes that I've hosted on the happy hour around this topic of pornography. And so if you're interested in more shows to listen to, I have some for you. Easiest thing for you to do is just go to my website, jamieivy.com. You can type in the search button, pornography, and then you can pull up any conversation that I have had on the show that has covered that. Just last year, Joshua Broom was on. He's a pastor, and he spent many years in the porn industry. That's an amazing podcast where he tells his story of coming to meet Jesus. You you will never get over that one. Matt Craig also was on the podcast series uh, in 2021, sharing his story of Jesus redeeming him from pornography. Mike Todd was on in 2020, and we also talk about pornography there. Mo Mo Eisen was on in 2018, and we talk about pornography there. If you go and just type that in, you're going to come up with lots of shows because we have always valued this conversation. So it's there. I want to help you with it. I want you to have resources. I want you to have content. I want you to not feel alone by any means about any of this conversation. I even have a blog post on my webpage from 2016, so a long time ago, and it's called Let's Talk About Sex and Porn. And inside that blog post is so much good content, books, conversation pieces, uh, blog posts that you can go look at and and maybe get some resources and help. So I have all that for you over my webpage. I want you to know that we want to help equip you with that through all of our conversations that we have. All right, guys, thanks for listening to the happy hour. Uh, Next week, uh, you're not going to want to miss this. Next week, Beth Moore's on the show. So make sure you come back for that. The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey is a production of Ivy Media Podcasts. Executive produced by Jamie Ivey, produced by Lindsay Sweeney, edited by Angie Elkins, art by Jen Jet Barrett, original music by Matt Graham, and I'm your host, Jamie. Have a happy hour with a friend.